Hey everyone, this is Ashley Blackman and I'm the Vice President for the United Advanced Practice Registered Nurses of Georgia. And today we're doing a podcast recording with candidate uh, nurse Louisa Wakeman. She's running for District 43 in Cobb County. Welcome to, welcome Louisa. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited too. We've had multiple conversations outside of everything and um, I just really appreciate you and enjoy your energy and so I wanted to um, us to have a conversation. Um, so my first question is could you tell me a little bit about yourself and why you're running for office? Yeah, so um, I am a mom first of all. <laughs> uh, I have two young adult children um, my husband John and I, we raised them in this district. Um, they graduated from the public school system. Uh, and um, I've been with staff for almost 30 years. And um, uh, during the uh, Great Recession, I went to nursing school, graduated from Kennesaw State, and uh, worked at uh, St. Joe's in uh, post open heart heart failure, and um, uh, you know, in during the presidential primary, when I saw uh, the Republican candidate um, belittle a gold star family for their religion, uh, I was shocked that there weren't any repercussions and. When I saw a disabled reporter um, belittled uh, for his disability, uh, I couldn't believe that uh, there wasn't a, any there weren't any repercussions. Uh, my grandfather listening to stories of World War II. My parents immigrated to the United States when I was a baby, and my family's originally from Holland. Um, my p grandparents were in the Dutch resistance during World War II uh, fighting Nazi tyranny and I grew up with those stories on what happens when people look away mm. and so I knew we weren't at that point but I knew I needed to get involved and do something so I uh, got involved with a lot of different women's groups and activists and uh, and then uh, John Ossoff's campaign for Congress in my congressional district. I got involved as a volunteer precinct captain and then uh, thought if I was going to help these amazing candidates uh, get elected, I should get trained so I could be a better contributor as a volunteer. And before the training that I signed up for uh, started, I was on the candidate track. And so last election I ran as a first time candidate came 792 votes short of winning the seat. And, <laughs> and so, um, you know, this was a seat that hadn't been challenged since 2010. And uh, it's important to hold our representatives accountable. And um, this this seat particularly has a big impact on health care. The uh, incumbent is chair of the House Health and Human Services Committee, um, and she hadn't had a challenge a Democratic challenger since 2010. So, uh, you know, it was important to 
hold her accountable for some of the policies that were uh, being put in place. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, I Well, I could honestly talk all day about your nursing background because we probably have shared patients since I work in the Piedmont heart failure system and we inherited a lot of the legacy heart transplants from St. Joe's after Emory bought St. Joe's, but um, we don't have to go into all of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, cardiac uh, care is such a passion. There's so much innovation in that area that, uh, yeah, we could talk about it for <laughs> all day, for days. <laughs> well, I love seeing how you've really rolled with the punches. You know, you felt the need to care for other people and take care of your family. And so going back to school at a, at a time when it's not traditional for people to go to college and then um, to be active politically and then um, decide, well, I'm instead of just helping the campaigns, I'm just going to run myself. Um, so I, I really admired that. Um, how, tell me, how do you intend to help expand access to health care in Georgia if you uh, are to win? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the first things that we need to do is, is expand Medicaid. Uh, we need to cover more people. Georgia leads on all the wrong statistics. We have one of the highest maternal mortality rates. Um, and these are preventive deaths that are not being addressed. Uh, we can, um, you know, ensuring, expanding Medicaid will help with this crisis. Uh, there was a um, committee that maternal mortality crisis and um, first of all the focus was on trying to make the statistics look different than what they are so that Georgia didn't look so bad um, but uh, piecemealing something together when there's one answer you know expanding Medicaid to make sure that moms have access to care one year postpartum uh, could really uh, make a big impact uh, we need to make sure that, uh, you know, there's, uh, we need to make sure that people have access. We need to make sure that, uh, it, you know, making sure that nurses are able to practice. You know, we've talked about that uh, in these areas where there are no pediatricians and uh, no providers, um, you know, of, of health care. Um, you know, as uh, with the maternal mortality crisis, uh, Georgia t chose to focus on pushing through an abortion ban that, uh, you know, was irresponsible as our uh, maternal mortality rates were rising. We're also going to see gaps in care with the COVID crisis because of the higher unemployment rate. Uh, we're seeing people lose their jobs that have had insurance through their employer. Um, and when you see people that don't have insurance, uh, you know, particularly in car cardiac care, well, you know, uh, all, all aspects of health care 
when chronic disease management is not uh, addressed, then we get them into the ERs in crisis. Right. Yeah, so uh, we just need to make sure that uh, we're giving, you know, looking at all the solutions. Uh, we're also going to have a big gap in our state healthcare budget. And uh, one of the big solutions is bringing in the federal dollars that would help address some of these issues. Um, well, it's interesting that you brought up expanding Medicaid first. And, and my first thought was, that's been the argument for Georgia this whole time uh, on expanding Medicaid is they can't afford it. And yet the initial stages would accept federal funding instead of the state having to rely on their own funding. Um, uh, another thing I wanted to touch on was uh, with the um, coronavirus is that what I think a lot of people have been so afraid that um, you know, there was a huge drop in our uh, patient census um, when we were kind of at the height of the crisis. And now that we're bringing patients back in, um, people have just sat at home and gotten sicker and sicker and sicker. And so this past weekend was very challenging because um, I not only had a very high patient load, but they were all very, very sick, just not from coronavirus, just from sitting at home, not accessing healthcare. And I think that just points all the more to um, the, the gaps that we have in our current state system. Um, so that kind of leads me to something that would not cost the state any money would be expanding uh, advanced, pra uh, advanced practice registered nurses scope of practice. Um, and so what is your uh, understanding of that? And what would you do uh, if you were elected to kind of help address that? I mean, um, is there going to be harm by, ex by allowing advanced practice nurses to practice to the full extent of their training? And the answer is no. Does it serve our patients better? I mean, you know, it, it's, those are easy questions. So why haven't we done that? Um, you know, uh, we need our certified, uh, our, our nurse midwives to address um, the maternal mortality crisis. We have, um, you know, women that have to drive um, two hours to see uh, their provider. Uh, and, you know, that leads to all kinds of complications because uh, people aren't going to get their um, appointments that they need to to have. Um, you know, as a RN, I'm biased, but think we should trust our directors and the training that we've received uh, a lot more than we do. Right, absolutely. And, and I think the public agrees. <laughs> and you have the... <laughs> experience at least at the bachelor's level so um, I find that people don't understand um, all the training and um, uh, all the testing and just how difficult it is to become a nurse and then how difficult it is to become a nurse practitioner um, so I think if people understood that a little bit better maybe they'd be more uh, open to an uh, understanding that we have a we have a real skill set to, uh, to lean on um, 
well, I really enjoyed this so much. Do you have any uh, statements you want to make or any questions you have for me? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm truly grateful for this opportunity important uh, that we all stay involved. I know that, um, you know, the advanced nurse practitioners have been very involved in, in making sure that people are at the Capitol advocating for the profession, but uh, we need, you know, more involvement from everybody, uh, all nurses. Um, we need to make sure people understand uh, that um, an LPN and an, an RN and an advanced nurse practitioner um, have different, you know, skill sets and that we are um, all one group, but we need to make sure that, uh, you know, the trust that the, the uh, public is putting into our profession is very valid and, uh, and that we are allowed to practice and, and serve our patients because I think it really to patient and family-centered care, and that's uh, you know what my campaign is about. Uh, we need to make sure that um, you know voters and uh, the people in our community are the central to this campaign. So. Um, yeah, if people want to find out more, you can go to my website, electluisa.com, L-U-I-S-A, and uh, would love to hear from you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Louisa. I really appreciate your time today, and I'm really excited uh, for your campaign, and good luck with everything. Thank you so much. I so appreciate the time. Be well. Thank you.